I know that I promised a lighthearted chapter, and while I personally believe this is a very cute episode, it's probably also one of the most important episodes I've ever recorded. When I was growing up, marriage meant one thing and one thing only, and I don't really believe that anymore. Even though I'm white, heterosexual, and Mormonish, you don't have to be Mormon or gay to understand that none of us make up the perfect family, and once you accept that, you may also realize that the perfect family is not what you want to be. So in a lot of ways, Storybook is just a reflection of my personal life and my pursuit to empathize more perfectly and even to be more Christ-like in whatever literal or non-literal sense that might be. So listening to Christian and Jacob's story was really good for helping me to come to terms with my own story from my faith to my church school experience to my dating life, all the way down to my recent decision to transfer this fall, leaving BYU-Idaho forever. I'm sharing it because maybe this story will help you do the same, or at the very least it can help you understand that every human being is a miraculously intelligent hot mess, and if you truly believe that we are all children of God, then we're all just down here doing the best we can with the brains God gave us, and life is pretty okay. So, with that said, here's Christian and Jacob's love story. Enjoy story time. Well, I'll let you go first, Jacob. So I was, let's see, I'm trying to think here how old I was when we first met. I was 24 when we first met, going on 25, because we met in 2014. Um, so we were both kind of in interesting points in our lives. I was at BYU. It was my senior year, and I was kind of trying to stay in the church kind of trying to still be Mormon figuring out all of that and it was really kind of tough and that was really difficult for me because BYU is not the most conducive environment to explore yourself in and I got involved with Affirmation a little bit which is the LGBT Mormon support group sort of except for it's a very affirming hence the name Affirmation Um, and me and Christian were actually both in a group together it was called the lord my pastor will prepare which is a super mormony name now that i think about it um it was for people who were trying to navigate that space where they realize that they're lgbt um but they want to be able to stay engaged with the church and we were both kind of at that point where we were dealing with that and so christian one day asked a question yeah my question because this group was was so uh, focused on gay members of the church who wanted to remain faithful. The question was how they were going to remain faithful and be gay. What their what their game plan was going forward. So I want I the question I asked was, are you planning on marrying someone of the same gender? Are you planning on having uh, a heterosexual marriage? Or are you planning on remaining celibate? And Jacob honestly gave the most insightful answer, which was, I think we fall in love with a person, not their parts. And uh, that made a lot of sense to me, so I I just commented, wonderful response, Jacob. Thank you so much. 
And then I decided to friend him because why not? And why not? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought he was very, very cute, of course. Um, and so then we started chatting and we started talking and we found that we shared a lot of common interests. We both really liked Mormon history. I think we even discussed how much we both like Star Trek a little bit. I'm not sure if that came up, but that definitely came up on our first date, which we might get to in a little bit. Um, and we just really connected on like an emotional level. And I also thought he was very attractive. So, Well, you're forgetting how many hoops I had to jump through to get you to, to like, so I could completely tell that he was flirting with me and I could tell that he wanted to ask me out, but it took those two weeks of carefully flirting back and forth over text message and Facebook messenger just to get him to the point where, okay, I think Christian likes me too. So we should do this. And even then, I had to be the one to be like, okay, do you want to go out? I can tell that you're not quite brave enough to ask me out. So, hey, do you want to go out? And for a little bit more context, it's also important to consider that I was in another relationship kind of at the time. We were on a break, but we had been together for two years at that point. So I was a very good BYU student, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> not really, <laughs> not really. That was obviously sarcasm, but so he, my previous boyfriend left for a study abroad and I was like, he's like, I want you to date people while you're gone. And I was kind of nervous about that prospect, but then I met Christian and I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And then I could tell almost instantly that the connection was different. Um, and there's something there that wasn't there with my previous boyfriend. So. Well, our first date, um, do you want to tell them about the, so the, the first date that we had, we actually had it here in Farmington and Christian was actually living at this place in this house. Um, so we came up and, uh, Christian says he loves to tell the story, but he says that he opened the door and I said, hello. And then he fell in love with me instantly. As you can hear, he has the sexiest voice ever. So. <laughs> That's very flattering, even though I do not like to hear my own voice. <laughs> um, but I definitely fell very hard for him instantly, too. And then we went out to dinner, um, and we had a really engaging, stimulating conversation. And it was really very emotionally open, I felt like. And I felt like we really connected on a lot of levels. Um, and then we came back here, and we kept talking. And it was mm -hmm. that's where it went from there. Um don't judge, but we totally kissed on the first date. What I wanted him, what I was prompting him to say was during those, during all of those text messages back and forth, we had a cutesy little thing where uh, um, I, Spencer W. Kimball has a quote saying, don't give your kisses away like pretzels. And so he showed up on my doorstep for this first date with a bag of pretzels. Like chocolate covered go. pretzels. Here's your pretzels. So I like, Thank you so much. I hope those aren't the only pretzels I get. So don't judge. We did yeah, kiss the first date. We did kiss date. on the first date. I got my pretzels. He definitely <laughs> got his pretzels. But I, I've never, I, I've never thought that love at first sight was a thing until I opened the door to him. Literally, when he was standing on the doorstep, I opened the door and he opened his mouth to say hello. It was instant. It was instant chemistry, instant love, and late that during that date, I 
I felt weird because it was the first date and I didn't want to say I love you, but I wanted to say I love you. So he just kept saying, I really, 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 yeah. really like I you. I ended up saying, I really, I really, 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 really like you. And thank goodness the song had just come out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was about in, that was at the end of March of 2014. Um, and then we dated for a little bit, but then, um, we kind of had, uh, some sad, oh, you're going to bring this up interlude time. Um, well, I guess I should give my context yeah. because you gave, you gave your context of BYU student in a relationship. Um, at this time I was, uh, attending, um, very active in the ward. I had just been released as elders quorum president. Um, I was a temple worker at the Bountiful Temple. And so, uh, but my own faith shelf had come crashing down uh, the, the previous year. And so I was going through my own faith transition, wondering how I should handle it. Um, dating throughout this whole time and then I meet him and I feel this complete connection uh, but there's there, there, there was the lingering question of what if the church is right what if what if there's something behind all this and I'm making the wrong decision even though I feel so good about this relationship so after about a month of dating I decided that we should break up and I should test the church's word once more. And so for two months, I didn't date. We were broken up. We stayed in almost constant contact with each other, though, through text and, and uh, messaging anyway. Uh, but those two months, I can honestly say, were the least happy of my entire life. Um, and the contrast between the happiness that I felt with him for that one month and the unhappiness I felt without him for those two months solidified it in my mind that yes i i have to date this guy we're perfect for each other our love is something that is good of god and i want it in my life yeah and i can also say that for me it sounds like a mormon missionary like giving his perspective or his testimony but for me it was also really hard because we had kind of talked about the possibility of it happening. And I remember when he first brought it up, we talked about it and then I just started to cry and cry and cry and cry. Of what happening? You mean of breaking up? Of breaking up. Yeah. So I just started to cry and cry and cry. And that just was really hard. I remember we came back here and we watched a movie the day that he said we might have to break up. And he's like, well, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to have to think about it. And so we sat down and watched a movie and, but I was still really distressed. And then, um, he actually came down to Provo one day and I knew the second that I saw him because he didn't tell me he was coming that he was going to break up with me and he broke up with me and then we drove around Provo and I bawled in the car mm -hmm. for like a half an hour until he dropped me off and I bawled the whole way home too yeah it was a sad two months but I'm very grateful for those two months because it showed more clearly than anything else could have just how right our love was and so in about um, June then, when this is around the time that Kate Kelly, the Mormon feminist activist who is, she's a different story for a different time, but um, she 
they had a gathering for ordained women downtown um, by City Creek Park, and Christian said that he wanted to meet up and then he wanted to talk about things. And we had been talking a little bit more seriously in the weeks preceding that. And he had said like, what if I made the wrong decision? And I was like, Oh, I really hope he's wanting to get back together. But I was still a little nervous because I felt very emotionally hurt by that. I mean, I think it was very difficult because it was very intense. And then it was, we broke up and then it felt very, um, emotionally jarring. So I think that first little bit when that we were back together was particularly hard for us because we, we knew that we loved each other, but we were still, I mean, at least for me, I was still very nervous that Christian would change his mind again or that he would go back to the church or that something like that would happen. And I was really nervous about that. Well, for me, I was just back in paradise to be honest. I was just, happy again and completely relieved that you took me back yes because i remember when we got back together at city creek park we walked up the street we walked to a to a little alleyway park that no one knows about it's a nice little park but up in the avenues but it's completely it's like a special place for us now yeah so and we were we were talking and it was interesting to it was interesting to be in this position where i was like I know this is the right decision, but I also know that there's a lot of heartache associated with the past couple months that had happened before that. And so I think that showed to me how complex love can be in a lot of ways, because when you love someone, it doesn't mean that they don't hurt you necessarily. I think you can still be hurt by people who love you. Like you can be hurt very deeply by people. Um, and we've definitely gotten past that for sure because we're married now, obviously, but it really provided a lot of contrast for me in my life. And it also taught me a lot of valuable lessons about being patient and not jumping to conclusions about the motivations of other people. I think. I also think it provided a very strong foundation for our subsequent relationship. Don't you? Yeah, I agree. I think it did too, because I think. From that point, we realized... We'd seen both sides of the coin. Yeah. Been with and without each other and realized how much we really did love each other. Yeah. And that was that was really good for both of us because then we were more committed to each other, I think. And, I mean, commitment is often forged through times of trial, I think. And that was definitely a time of trial because, you know, being Mormon and LGBT is not easy, obviously. The church is not on your side at all. I was still at BYU. I was getting a master's degree at that point, which who knows why I decided to stay at BYU, probably because of him. I felt like I should stay at BYU because of him. Um, And that was the other part that kind of made the whole breakup difficult for me is that I felt personally, kind of in a spiritual sense, I felt like I needed to stay at BYU for a master's degree, which I would not have expected after going to four years at BYU because I hated undergrad in a lot of ways. Um, So then when he broke up with me, I was like, did I make the right decision to stay at BYU? I'm not sure about this, but then it all really worked out in the end, which was really great. Yeah. If you had not stayed at BYU, if you had gone somewhere else, we couldn't have continued our relationship. Yeah. It would have, uh, I don't know if it worked. No, it wouldn't have worked. Long distance. Because long distance from farmington to provo was already hard <laughs> that was hard was, enough yeah that was hard enough to have an hour plus 
distance was really difficult. An hour plus distance and also kind of this secrecy that you have to maintain um, because, you know, BYU is a kind of a police state sometimes. And I say the, the distance between us was hard enough, not because it was hard to maintain a relationship. It's easy to stay in contact these days, but I loved you so much that I wanted to be closer to you than Farmington and Provo. Yeah. It was just the distance was heartbreaking, not hard to deal with. Yeah, it was. It just felt like when you fall in love with someone, they're like your main emotional support in a lot of ways. Like you don't necessarily become codependent, but when you have a bad day or when you feel like you need to vent to someone, you want to go to the person that you love the most. And Christian can attest that to this day, I still tell him everything <laughs> good and bad and it's really something that you crave, but you want to be able to do it in person. You want that in-person connection and you also, you know, physical intimacy as well. You want that obviously, because that's a big part of a relationship. So. Cool. Where do I go from um, here? That only takes us up to, um, June of 2014. Should we talk about the rest of our relationship? Yeah, sure. Well, after we got back together, um, I was just working full time and you were at BYU. You stayed at BYU. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. Uh, but that was the main stressor on our relationship after that because he had to keep things under wraps. He had to make sure he got into the right apartment with the right roommates who wouldn't rat us out on our relationship and he wouldn't end up losing his investment in BYU. So that whole two, it was two years for your masters, right? Mm -hmm. That, that, that BYU was definitely the main stressor. Um, and, uh, as, as soon as we were back together, honestly, I introduced him to my family right away. Uh, first boyfriend I'd ever introduced to my family. Um, this was July of 2014 and he was, welcomed with open arms by everybody wouldn't you say yeah i would say christian's parents were very good which is somewhat surprising because they are very conservative i would say um but they really loved christian and i think they viewed this experience as very eye-opening for them i mean they knew that christian was gay they weren't sure what he was doing exactly with that i think they thought that he was going to maintain his relationship with the church but then when they saw us together, I think they really saw that we were very happy together and that we really complimented each other very well. Yeah. Most people who see us together, and I don't know if this, if, if this comes across on audio as well as it does visually, but most people who see us together say that we have, uh, we're perfect for each other. We got a connection. They're, it's undeniable to me and it's undeniable to a lot of people who see us that we are perfect matches. Like... There's a, there's a song in um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch that talks about love and people who fall in love are actually two people who were divided. Uh, I think this is a Greek myth, actually, but we're divided in half and he feels completely like my other half. Yeah, Christian feels completely like my other half, too, because he keeps me very grounded, I would say. Mm -hmm. I'd say sometimes I have a tendency to be very emotional. Um, and he tends to be more of the rational, logical person in some ways. And so that's been very, very good for me. And he's, but he's also very loving and very kind. And I bring out, I think I bring out the best in him and he brings out the best in me. 
Oh, definitely. So I introduced him to my family July of 2014, and uh, I guess we just lived life after that. Um, you introduced me to your family Christmas time 2014. No, I think it was Christmas time 2015. No, I'm sorry. We're, we're thinking about the the timeline because you, I had you introduced me to your parents for the very first time 2014 when i came to pick you up to go to saint paul's christmas service and then the following christmas is when i actually got to come to oh, to your right. family's christmas okay. eve celebrations wow so i met them for briefly it was like less than five minutes 2014 yeah because for my my situation my context is a little different my my family is conservative but not in the same way that christian's family is my family is much more religious than christian's family i would say they're much more mormon orthodox um i have six older siblings so it's a big family uh when we were apart one of the things that i did is i came out to them and the way that i came out to them was i actually mailed them a copy of no more goodbyes by carolyn pearson and i wrote a note and they did not respond in a way that i particularly liked um they sent me a letter back and it was not something that felt encouraging or um, something that I would want from my parents necessarily. And so I kind of gave them the silent treatment for a while. It wasn't a rejection per se. It was just a concern about how it would affect their social standing in, in others eyes. Yeah. Is that fair to say? I would say that's fair to say. I think, um, they were very concerned about their status. And I think that partially comes from my parents viewing church as their main social circle, which I think most Mormons do because it's much more than a religion. It's very much a culture. And so when you try to extricate those two, the religion and the culture in Mormonism, it's like impossible. Um, and so that was really kind of hard. And so I had a hard time um, telling them that we were actually dating. And then when I did tell them, which was, I think actually, I think I told them after Christmas though, after that first Christmas, I don't think they knew that we were dating. I think they suspected. Well, of course they suspected. Here yeah. comes this strange man coming to pick you up for Christmas Eve and you're leaving your family. Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> well, we were that too. Yeah. <laughs> Still are. Oh, we still are best friends. But um, so, but then when I told them, it was also very hard because their first question was, what about BYU? Which is obviously a very valid question. And that was my main concern. And too, that was Christian's main concern too. And because, And mine for a long time too. Which it was so interesting to me that I felt like I should stay at BYU, but I was dating a man. And when I told my parents that, they did not understand that. They thought that made no sense because that goes against the honor code, da 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 you know? Um, but then they started to open up a little bit more. Uh, and then when I told them we were getting married, which was, we, so we got engaged in August of 2015. Which we'll get to. Yeah. We can talk about that. But. Um, but when I told them they were getting when we were getting married, there was a very similar kind of cold lack of a response situation again. So yeah, and so I didn't see them again for a whole another year. 
I got to come and hang out with him and his whole family finally twenty Christmas of 2015. Partially because so. I was just so nervous because it felt hypocritical, I think, in a lot of ways for me to be at BYU but dating a man, um, which was really, it's complicated. But I think that once we did have Christian come, it was totally fine. All of my siblings were very much on board. Um, most of my siblings, well, it's tricky now because it's about half and half, half Mormon, half not Mormon, pretty much. Um, my most Mormon siblings were really still very accepting and very open. And that probably comes from having an older brother, the one who's closest to me in age, who is also gay and is also married to a man. So he kind of paved the way for us in a lot of ways, I think. But I think that social attitudes, even within the church, are gradually shifting. But I I say gradually, but I would say even, I mean, 10 years ago, my family would have not had the same attitude. I think that it's been a pretty dramatic shift in a relatively short period of time. Well, and I have to say, don't interpret their, their reaction as the current situation. Because I feel completely loved and completely embraced and completely 100% a part of their family, embraced by everyone. I feel like they all do accept and love me and value our relationship um, and value me as a part of their family. I mean, I'm surprised by how specific members of the family are engaging me in this, that, and the other and actually including me in a full and... Um, very respected and valued part, very respected role, I should say. Yeah, because it's kind of a hard family to go into because Christian's family situation, you were pretty much raised as an only child, yes. I would say, for the most part. And so to have seven siblings, myself included, and then a bunch of nieces and nephews is very overwhelming, I think. Definitely overwhelming for me. Um. The, the sheer number of people it, it's hard to get used to but it's also really hard to get used to going from being basically the center of attention me to everyone is equally sharing attention like and giving attention equally so yeah christian it's has a different dynamic christian has mentioned that sometimes it's hard to keep up with the conversation because the conversation shifts so much because there's no one person who is ever really the center of attention whereas when we go to his parents house a lot of times it's let's focus on Christian <laughs> because that's pretty much who comes to the house is us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we got engaged August of 2015. So that's before we, this whole Christmas that I've told you about that we, I got to hang out and we did their Christmas Eve traditions. So August 20th, uh, we returned to City Creek Park. Well, actually, I should. I we were both planning on proposing to each other, and we were both planning our own proposals because uh, there's no gender roles in this relate, right? So, uh, we were both planning it and decided that we would do it around the same time, and so we knew that we were each going to get proposed to. But I thought. He was planning his for Saturday night um, of that week. And um, I was at work. I was working at uh, Uhia down by the gateway at, in downtown Salt Lake. 
Um, and so I was surprised when at my desk arrived this big uh, pot of my favorite flowers. And I'm instantly oh, thinking, oh my goodness, he's doing it today. <laughs> so I was super excited, super thrilled, and um, anticipating what might be coming. So uh, when I get off work, I follow the instructions on the note with the flowers to meet him downstairs. And we walk over to Temple Square. We do the most romantic thing you can do in Salt Lake City and walk through Temple Square. Um, and then he takes me through Temple Square over to City Creek Park, which is where that ordained women event had occurred, where we got back together. And it's a very special place for us. Um, where we saw each other again for the first time after those two sad months. And we go up on the, the beautiful stone bridge that's there crossing City Creek. And he gets down on one knee and asks me to marry him. And then he quoted from Parks and Rec, which was <laughs> the best part. Parks and Rec is his favorite show. So I, I had to take the opportunity. Uh, I, what was the quote? I think it's... You can probably do it better than I can. It's when Le when Ben proposes to Leslie and she says, hold on just a minute. I want to remember every single thing about this moment or something like that. I yeah, can't remember and the exact And quote. she makes him stop. Yeah, she's like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> anyway, I did that. And um, and then he had he had prepared, uh, made reservations for a very romantic dinner at the, mel at the melting pot just down Main Street that night. So uh, that was his proposal. And I had to scramble because I was thinking he would propose Saturday so that I would then propose the very next day on Sunday. Um, I was planning to propose at our church, which is St. Paul's Episcopal uh, on 9th East and 3rd South. Um, so I thought he would do something so I could then turn around and be like, okay, here you go, the very next day. But I had my whole plan set. So I, I was waiting three agonizing days when I was hoping to do it the very next day, but we ended up going to St. Paul's that following Sunday, and I took him out to this beautiful little garden that they have planted there, and I quote my very favorite Walt Whitman poem, and kneel down there, and in the, I, I planned this because we had talked about this being the location for our marriage, so it was a, also a very special place, and it's even more special now that we are married, and I kneeled down after reciting um, my favorite Walt Whitman poem to him, which ends with the lines, He, a hold of my hand, has completely satisfied me. And it makes me tear up every time I think about it. That poem is just so sweet. And he said yes, and um, and now we're married. That was August of 2015. A year later, we're now married. Yeah. So, so I had walked in graduation at BYU the week before we got married. That and then, year, it was a year-long engagement because he was completing his master's. We're yeah. one more year to go. And so, yeah, like I, I said, he graduated literally a week before how, our marriage. How long was um, gay marriage legal nationwide before you got married? Nationwide, that happened June, June of 2015. 15. So it had been legal for... A year and three months when we got married. Cool. Yeah. 
only three months, only legal for three months when we had gotten actually engaged, though. So it was fresh on our minds right then. That was fun. <laughs> you love to talk about the wedding. wedding don't you? I love to talk about the wedding. Wedding planning is the worst ever, though. So it's very stressful, especially when I'm. I don't know. When it got, when it came to me, I was less picky about. I was not very picky about. Not very many things. So I don't know how to describe it exactly, but Christian kind of had his set things that he had to have. And I was just kind of like, I'm just like, whatever, just as long as we get married. <laughs> um, what were my set things? I know that I was dead set on getting married at St. Paul's. He was dead set on that. that's a very special place. Um, you were you were dead set on like... Decor- like having it be, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it exactly. Well, I didn't want a cultural hall reception. He didn't want a cultural hall reception, but then again, who does? Um, Not that we could have, by the way. Yeah. But <laughs> but for me, I was just more like, uh, whatever. And then it's kind of paralyzing at the same time, though, because when you're trying to plan a wedding, it's a lot of decisions. You go to the reception place and they're like, what colors do you want for the tables? And how do you want the tables set up? And what does you want this? And what do you want with it? And what do you want with this? Well, you were dead set on the cake. I was dead set on the cake and I decided that I would kind of take on the food as yes. well because that was something that was important to me. But you know, really by the way, that's that what much. got the most compliments afterwards. <laughs> Everyone's like, you guys are so happy. You guys look great. And the food is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So we started planning, um, pretty much I'd say well, because hmm. we had gotten engaged a year out we didn't really plan in earnest until like January. Mm-hmm. And then we started really starting to plan and we realized how much there was to get planned. Um, we went through pre-marriage counseling at, uh, with our rector at St. Paul's and we got the, got the reception center down and the catering contracted and he got his cake planned, which he had to have the, he had, what he had to have was marzipan on the cake, yes. which is amazing. We ended up having a marzipan coated cake. The cake itself was almond poppy seed and a raspberry filling. And because marzipan has an almond flavor, it went perfectly with the almond poppy good. seed. You should try it sometime. It was real good. Um, I also was, so I guess maybe I was more picky about things than I'm willing to admit. I also helped us pick out a photographer. Oh, yes. And our photographer was very, very, very good. So we got lots of good engagements. We got over 2,000 photos from the wedding. Um, So my entire family came out for the wedding, which I thought was really good Mm -hmm. because that's a lot of siblings to come out. Um, And we had a really good turnout, and it was a very, very beautiful day, and it was the best day of my life. Yeah, August 20th, 2016. My entire family came out. Well, I should say I don't know my extended family very well on either side. Um... I don't even know um, my siblings very well. I have one sibling that I know extremely well, but she's still 11 years older than me, so there's some gap. And then I have a brother who passed away who wasn't able to come, and then an older sister than him who I barely know, um, who is lesbian, um, very progressive, almost to the point I would call her a hippie. I don't know if she'd take on that label herself, but at one point I think she would have. But I think that's a great way to describe her. She lives in Portland. She's a complete... uh, If you think of Portland, she is Portland, all wrapped up in one person. 
I don't know her very well. I've probably seen and interacted with her a handful of times my entire life, but her and her partner, Amy, came out from Portland the first time I'd ever met Amy. So it was, it was a wonderful thing for both of our families to all come together. Yeah, it was particularly interesting because when Christian's uh, sister that lives in Salt Lake got married to her husband, um, uh, Tamara came. Yeah, my sister, but, the older one's named Tamara. Yeah, she's named Tamara. But her partner did not come because she didn't feel comfortable bringing her partner. And I think Christian's parents at that time would have frowned on that quite a bit. But now that her her son, their son got married to another man, it was great. It, it, was, a, it, was, it, it was a big deal for my sister Tamara that I came out as gay and that I was getting married and that my parents, particularly my mom, had embraced it so well and so fully. Um, I think it went a long way towards reconciling them and her to the entire family. So, yeah. And I couldn't love Amy more. My goodness. It was so great to meet her. She's such a sweetheart. I, wanted, I want to get to know them a lot better. Yeah. So it was a good time for all of us to come together. Yeah. But our, so our, the wedding itself actually happened at St. Paul's. And I don't know why I was set on a traditional church wedding, but I really, really wanted that. It was something that was super important to me. And when I say church, I don't mean a temple wedding or a cultural hall wedding. I mean, you're walking down the aisle to organ music with flower petals strewn on the aisle, and you exchange vows, and you have mass afterwards. And that's exactly the way it went. Um, St. Paul's is a beautiful Tudor-style uh, chapel, so it's stone and wood and stained glass and uh, no better no better backdrop for our most special date, in my opinion. Um, walking down the aisle to um, the the processional music, the processional organ music, and walking out to the recessional organ music it was just one of the most thrilling things in my life. I don't know why, but it's just it's just one of those little things that gave me goosebumps so much. Um, but as soon as... So the chapel is very long, and there's two doors on either side of the far entrance, the far entrance from the altar. I was standing in one entrance, and he was standing in the other, and people from St. Paul's threw open the doors on either side at the same time. So we saw each other at the exact same time and met each other in the middle and started walking in the aisle and we were both, we, I knew you were about to cry and yeah. me too. I saw some people from like high school. I saw a teacher from high school and she was like bawling already. And I was like, okay, this is for reals now. <laughs> and so I started to get a little emotional too because it's a very... It's a very culminating moment in your life. You're about to give half of yourself, not half of yourself. You're about to give your whole self to another person where you try to make sure that you place their needs first and that you try to have a relationship that's built on trust and love and understanding. And I mean, it was funny because the, the rector and his sermon that he gave was kind of like, you know, you, you two might drive each other crazy at some point, or he said something to that effect. And, 
you know, that's true. Sometimes I think in any relationship, I think we have ups and downs. Sometimes we don't really fight, I would say necessarily. Um, but we definitely do have moments where we <laughs> can get on each other's nerves, I think a little bit, but we get through it because we have that love and we have that respect for each other. And the wedding was also extremely important um, because it was an expression of our families and the community's support for our relationship. The very first thing that happened after we approached the rector and the altar was um, he a, a blessing and then he turned us around and asked for the congregation to assent their support to our relationship um, making sure that everyone verbally commits that they will support us in this endeavor of marriage with their whole uh, with with all they have just as we're supporting each other and getting th and getting through it now in living life and living loving life. it um, and then even in Trump's America we still live life and we love it <laughs> and so that that's that was a very symbolic and important part of the ceremony to me because everyone says yes we will support you and then and it was also kind of culminated later when you know at the end of the wedding you do uh, the communion and it was very very touching to me and I think to Christian as well when people came up and participated in the communion as well to kind of show their support that they were members of our community. And, you know, that's, that was very spiritually and emotionally satisfying. Yeah. I bawled like a baby seeing how many people came up to, to it take was, communion with us. It was almost the entire congregation. I mean, there were exceptions. I mean, I think, and mind you, only two or three people in the congregation actually attend St. Paul's Episcopal. Everyone else has never been there. Um, most of them are Mormon. And so uh, I think it's a big thing for a Mormon to get up and take the sacrament in another Christian church. Yeah, I would agree. I think that it was good for a lot of people, though, because it kind of showed that they were willing to be open-minded. And I think that's for me, that's been really healing in terms of my relationship with Mormonism because the church has done a lot of shitty things when it comes to Mormons and gays and other members of the LGBTQ community. And I think that seeing these Mormons who a lot of them were still very active and very engaged in the church and very much believing, but to have them come to our wedding and participate in such a profound way was very healing for me in terms of coming to realize that, oh, these people really care about me. The church can teach some things that I don't agree with and that I think are ultimately harmful, but the people don't have to be defined by the teachings of the church. Right. And later that night was the reception, funnest reception on record. Actually, that is a quote from from the, the girls who are working there at the reception center. They honestly said this is one of the best ones. So anyway, it was <laughs> so much fun. We had the best food ever, the best cake ever. Everyone showed up. Um, literally, we filled the place. It was packed, completely packed. And um, we had touching toast from our best men, best men, plural, because we each got one. <laughs> and uh, we had a little bit of dancing is that I, we were both iffy on this and, very iffy. But we had we a were very, both very iffy on the dancing we were very we have 
a very special song, which is So This Is Love from Cinderella, which our dance was to that, both because it's such a special song and because it's only about 30 seconds long. So, so we didn't have to dance awkwardly in front of everyone for like three minutes or four minutes because it really was kind of awkward to have all eyes on us. And then it ended after 30 minutes and instantly the Macarena began. So we planned a 30 minute set list with three of our favorite slow songs interspersed with the Macarena, the chicken dance and the hokey pokey. And everyone had the time of their life. Yeah, it was awesome. And then we left. We left to a sparkler send off, which is which some is, of our best photos, which is great. <laughs> and then we went to stay the night in the hotel Monaco, which was my sister's, my closest sister, Elise, not Tamara. It was Elise's wedding gift to us to to book the the honeymoon suite at the Hotel Monaco, and which is one of the nicest places I've ever stayed in my life for sure. It was amazing, and it had really good food too, and that was great. And then we left for our honeymoon the next day, and we went to Washington D.C. Yeah, I think our honey our choice of honeymoon is. Uh, original and ref- uh, a reflection of our personality yeah. in a lot of ways i think we're both very into history and museums and politics politics so um it felt it felt like a great choice for both of us and i've never been further east than nauvoo illinois so i really want to see more of america and i'm much more extensively traveled than christian is my family really placed a lot of value on that and so as we're building our family together that's something that we're trying to make more of a priority but then you know after you get married and once you start living together it's it's tricky because you're kind of poor (laughs) so but we do what we can we spent a week in washington saw saw most of the sites loved all of them most is a relative term i think and there's too much to do too much to do we came back to real married life and it's as good as they say it is it is um Christian, I love you because you always put my needs first and you always think of me before anyone else. Um, I love you because you give me snuggles in the morning. I love you because you always kiss me goodbye. I love you because you always say that you love me. And I love you because you always show that you love me too. And I love you because you are my perfect soulmate. You completely satisfy me in every possible way emotionally physically spiritually every possible way you satisfy me oh jacob i love you because you're the kindest sweetest gentlest man i've ever met um i honestly feel like we're two halves of a whole um i know you value me you value my opinions you value my my needs my wants desires and I think you put me first, honestly. You always give me the bigger portion of, of dinner and you always, you always sacrifice for me. And I recognize that. Um, I think you're one of the smartest and most intelligent men I've ever met. And I honestly think you, I couldn't live without you. It is. It was love at first sight, and it's true love right now. And uh, you holding my hand completely satisfied me as well. 
And I'd like to add that I also love that you love Star Trek and that shows that you're a really smart person too. I had to end that with a little bit of comedy and a little bit of levity. You've been listening to Storybookish. If you like what you hear, you can find more at storybookish.com. You can also hear the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. The best way to keep in touch is by following the Storybookish Instagram. That's storybook underscore ish. I also know that life gets pretty busy and it's impossible to listen to every podcast. So if you'd like a brief chapter summary, you can sign up for the newsletter. It's like spark notes for Storybookish. (laughs) So you don't want to miss out on that. Thanks for listening to chapter four, Peas in a Pod, and we'll catch you next time.